0: All right, where are you, by the way?
1: I'm in Lakeland, Florida.
0: Uh-huh, I get that. That's classroom. This, so, so that's your domain right there.
1: This, well, this is not where I teach from. Right, right. I teach up in the front of the classroom, mm-hmm. but this
0: is where, you know, I enter grades. There you go. All right, cool. All right, I'm going to kick it off. So, Dana Davy in the house, teaching a rock star podcast. It's official. You ready, Mama? I am. We are... Rolling. Make sure you turn off your phone. We are going to get to the bottom of some things today. We're going to figure this whole education thing out today. We're going to get to the bottom of it with Dana Davey. Lakeland, Florida, the McKeel Academy. We have got ourselves a true... Through and through, the real deal rock star teacher on the show today. And I can't wait. This is my first time to talk about McKeel Academy, which um, I, I met I met hundreds of educators this summer and completely changed my outlook on um, school and teaching and kids and relationships. Not just relationships with kids and, and teachers, but teachers, how they interact and how much they love each other and what's possible. And, um, and I think... If, I think if there is a theme for today, it just may, might be what's, what's possible for, for, for teaching and schools and, and, and places of learning. Because I can tell you this, that, that those folks at Makila Academy have some things figured out. And um, and it's 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 the way they do their business there, the way they teach, the way they um, relate to each other, the respect that their um, administration and their leaders have for their teachers, and, um, and it all kind of all trickles down to the kids. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Dana Davy, how are you?
1: I'm great, thanks.
0: You are more than great because before we started recording, you shared with me something special that happened today. And the good, the bad. Well, let's get the bad news out. The bad news is. That the car broke down. Correct. The good news is.
1: I get a new car.
0: That's what I'm talking about. That's the bright side. So um, now you were driving. Uh, t- now tell us, now, 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 were you in a car accident or did the thing just go? It's just over. It just end?
1: It's just done.
0: Died of old driving age. Home, uh-huh. Driving home. Uh
1: huh. Driving home. It started making noises. And of course, like, you know, good wife, I continue driving until it absolutely dies, which happens to be in the driveway.
0: So you and I have a very different relationship with our spouses because I'm the good husband. And so when the wife is done with her car, I get that car. And then I drive it until it dies. Meanwhile, she might have gotten a few new cars along the way. So we, we have to figure that out. So, so, so it's dead. And you're going to buy yourself a new car. I am. Did you know that for about two months of my life, I was a car sales professional?
1: How'd that
0: work for you? Well, it was horrible. I, I was terrible at it because I have this, um, what's it called? That, that thing, um, uh, Integrity. Have you heard of that? I have a little thing like that. And then the other thing that didn't work so well is like it's in Houston. It was in the summer and really hot. And so like people would come on the lot. And I, and they'd say want to look at a car and like brother we got lots of them you just go find the one you want and come back and get me and I'll give you the keys and you go drive it around a little bit because it's just too hot to go out there well, you know you're in Florida you get it right I totally get it all right so now with the car the car buying thing you know are you prepared you have to go in with your uh, information you have to go in with facts internet research are you ready for, you're ready re- you're ready to go okay and so do you know what kind of car you're going to get
1: I think I'm going to get the Hyundai.
0: Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. I do know the vehicle, or as we say in Texas, vehicle, and uh, and so well, good man. So so, uh, congratulations to you.
1: Thank you.
0: Let's talk about school. You ready? Ready. You are a teacher at McKeel Academy, and when people hear that, they think, um, they th- they think, well, what is that like? A private school? So, so, talk to us a little bit about what McKeel Academy is all about. It's a, it's a, it's a charter school, is it not?
1: Correct. We're a charter school.
0: And how does that work? I'm not even sure how a charter school works.
1: Well, we're umbrellaed under the district, which means that we have to meet certain guidelines with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We get some state funding, but we also are our own stewards of our money. And we have a lot more freedom and flexibility than the public schools do.
0: And with that freedom, I don't know. No, this certainly isn't true in all cases, but my experience with McKeel Academy, with, with their, their stewardship of that money... Is pretty effective.
1: Yes, they're probably not only ones in the county that aren't stressed over money right now.
0: Right. I mean, they're they're not playing around. You have real professional leadership in place that not only knows how to, um, not just uh, uh you know uh, uh, uh get money, but how to but how to organize and manage that money efficiently and effectively, and it and it's all for teachers and kids. Correct. Unbelievable. I mean, and you know, and just because, and, and, and and like you said, the uh, the foundation of that is the freedom of how they're going to spend that money. Right. They don't have well, a lot of the rules and regulations.
1: You were there, I think you were there at summer conference when they gave us the iPads and the Macs for our classrooms, and
0: it was crazy. So I was going to bring it up. So, so, so since you brought it up, here it is. So first of all, let me tell you about McKeil Academy. I show up, and it is in Florida, and I think I'm going to like. I, you know, we have the address. And like I do my research on schools before I get there on demographics and things like that. So I have all that. I didn't research like where we're going. So I'm figuring it's just like a high school auditorium or something. And we're driving down the coast and it's like it's like it's like a vacation resort area. I'm thinking, wow, they have a school here on the beach. This is crazy. And then we get there and it's at it's at a hotel. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they've rented a room for the day. Maybe they, because they, obviously the school doesn't have a room big enough, maybe I'm thinking. And we get there. And then, first of all, at the counter, um, McKeel Academy, the, the leadership in place there had like, left a note for me. And there was a gift basket. And they said, come meet us in this room. And then the lady at the front says, well, the administrators have been here for, for a couple days meeting. And now the teachers are coming. And I'm thinking, well, the, the, te- well, the thing's not till tomorrow. Where, where, I mean, how come they're coming today? And so tell us, you guys get to spend uh, a few days.
1: Three days in Clearwater Beach for summer conference. And we do in-house training. We hire people like you to come in and do motivational speaking and get us on the right track. Um, And there's a lot of training that we do like because there's three McKeel schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what we do is somebody who's proficient in, let's say, Skype would have a training session with other people that we might not see on a regular basis from one of the other schools. Right. And we get together and we train each other and we spend three days at the beach. And our families like it better than we do because they get to spend the entire time at the beach. We only get to spend from 3 o'clock in the afternoon on. But
0: Right, so the families come as well, right?
1: Yeah, if you want. A lot of us leave them at home.
0: <laughs> How about you?
1: Well, my husband works for McKeel, so we go. get to have... Him and I go on that and then my daughter stays home with her grandma.
0: Perfect. All right. So, um, so first of all, so we're at the thing and the, the night before it starts, they say, Hey, we're, we're, we're They call it the get together. We're going to have a little get together. I say, Okay, cool. We, and, and they say, Would you like to come down for the get together? And I, yeah, I'll swing by the get together. You know, it's an I'm sure it's a nice little probably talk about, you know, the school hours and probably talk about, you know, who knows, maybe some lunch duty might be assigned at the get together. I don't know. So I go down there. And um, first of all, I think I saw, I think what it was, the first thing I saw might have been Guns N' Roses was there. And then I saw the Beatles and I saw Elvis. I'm thinking, what is going on? And so you guys don't just have a get together before the, the, the school, this, this back to school in-service Clearwater Beach revival happens. You got, you, it's like a full-on party. It is a party. Yeah, and it not is. just a party. It's a costume party.
1: Correct. We have a costume party where everybody dresses up in this year's theme. I guess you can't get to it. Was teach like a rock star. Yeah. So we had rock star theme.
0: And so every, and like you said, everybody dressed up and it was, I could tell that some people had been thinking about this for a long time and they had, they had themes and they, I mean, maybe seven or eight people went in on one deal. It it was, it was absolutely amazing. And what was even beyond the costume party, what it was, it was like that vibe in the air, like, like the year is about to happen. You know, there was nobody, I mean, you know, I, I go to some. Other types of schools and there's the shoulders are slumped over and the head heads. I'm dragging in. Oh my god, here we go another year. But it, you got it's like this huge kickoff event.
1: Correct. It's a party and it's fun and we're all excited about seeing our friends. Well, our peers. We call them friends here. Uh-huh. Um, the people that we work with. We're all excited because we haven't seen them for you know a couple months. We share that. We share our new ideas. You find out who you're going to be working with this year. It's it's fun.
0: It's more than fun. And then I'll tell you what was one distinction, one kind of a distinguishing factor that I rarely see is I was really surprised by how many teachers knew each other's first name. Because like on a lot of campuses, you know, everybody calls each other, miss and Mr. This, Mr. That, you know, but everybody kind of like knew each other on a friendly basis. We're excited to see each other. And so there's this huge costume party going on. I mean, there's 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 uh, you know, there's beverages and there's uh, food and and fun. And I lasted for about 10 minutes because I was, like, so blown away. I was like, oh, my God, this is, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, I better get some sleep. And so we have the event. We, You know, we do a little Teach a Rockstar next day, and, I, and it went pretty well. You know I mean? Well, I, went, I thought it went great, and everybody was into it, and had a great time. And then at the end, this is this is when the iPad extravaganza happens. And so, um, you know, I remember, you know, you know they get on stage, and I think what they did, they gave uh, an iPad to the sec. Was it, She was, like, an administrative assistant, right, who kind of put sure. the whole thing together. And then everybody claps and they thank her. Here's your iPad. And then the announcement is made. Oh, by the way, everybody here today also gets an iPad. And like, and so what was the funniest thing, because I'd heard this was going to happen, they told me, and and is to watch you guys look back and forth at each other. It was like total silence. Like, is he serious? It's like, it didn't even register. You know what I mean?
1: We always have surprises at McKeel. Yeah, and most of them are good.
0: <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's
1: true. There's occasionally the bad one. Of course, yeah. But they really treat us well. They really, really treat us well.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing leadership there, and then and then it just continues. And I and and, and what, what what I love about it, it what it is, it it is a celebration of teaching and professionalism and relationships with you know within the staff. And um, man, you guys just um, just do it so right. And, I, and I've talked about McKill Academy all across the nation when I go to schools, and um, and just so impressed with you guys. So and I, and I think at this point you should you personally should take full credit for the whole thing
1: okay I will from here on out
0: (laughs) done well hey let's talk about you so how long have you been at McKeel Academy
1: I've been here for five years
0: and is it uh, and 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 is it true that it is a different vibe than teaching other places
1: oh it's completely different you actually uh, you're teaching here and you build relationships with kids and I taught at another public school in Bureau Beach and it was more of a babysitting duty with an occasional lesson learned. Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite the rapport, the friendliness that we have with kids. We love our kids here. There was, there's like a, emotional relationships that are built which is rare at some of the other places that I've
0: been at. Yeah. And I think you're right. And, and you know what, what I think people underestimate is the power of that leadership that's in place that can foster and nurture that environment. Because the thing is you haven't changed. You're the same teacher, whether you're at Vero or at McKeel or wherever, but what happens when you have a culture within that family in the entire school, you know, like you, you know, you can build your own family in your classroom but, when you have that same support and that's and that is expected among everybody, and even within ourselves as a staff, it makes life so much so much easier, and then we can move beyond like what we talk about beyond that you know a rules based and consequence based classroom more into that family values centered uh, a place where, 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 magical moments of learning can, can happen. And so you were at Vero and then you moved to McKeel and did, had you heard about what was going on? I mean, did you try to go over there? Or you just, there was an opening, you applied or what was the deal?
1: Before I moved to Lakeland, I did my research because I was in a fairly good position at my, uh, at Vero. Uh-huh. And I did research and I only applied at four schools in Lakeland and I wasn't moving if it wasn't ideal. So I had done my research, and I knew what I was getting myself into.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I remember at the, uh, at the conference, there were like some first-year, not first-year teachers, first-year McKeel teachers, and they're just blown away. I mean I, I mean, I saw like two girls crying, hugging each other. It's like they found it. You're like, oh, my God, we found We're going to retire here. You know, it's just, it's just it's a great thing to see.
1: Well, I say that I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew what I was getting myself in academically, and I knew it was a family atmosphere here. Mm -hmm. But until you're actually in it, until you actually see it, you have no clue what this family is like. And truly, administration, you hear about open door policy. Here at McKeel, it's truly open door policy. Dr. Akaseli, our principal, we call her Doc or Linda. You know, that's, we're friends. She's my Facebook friend. We're, it's like this professional respect. And, of course, she does her job. And if I were ever to do something wrong, I'm sure I would get the wrath of Linda. <laughs> However, I do what I do because I love kids. But I also do what I do because I respect her and she's running our
0: school. I get it. And, and you know, it, you know and I think what, what it is is when you kick it off with such a huge event like you guys do – you know even in, in 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 and i know we kind of joked about the um you know this the, the you know kind of the cocktail party thing but when you when you put everybody in costume and everybody's just hanging out and talking. You know what it is? That's like an even playing field. Look, we all look silly on the same level. Look at us. And it really kind of erases that hierarchy totem pole that we have in education where, you know, we have students and teachers, administrators, you know, all that, that thing. And here we are, just one family, dressed up, being silly, having a good time, getting ready for this amazing school year where we're about to change a whole bunch of lives, you know. So, 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 so you're at McKeel, and you teach What?
1: I teach biology and earth space science.
0: Yes. Did you know that I attempted to teach biology for a year of my life?
1: <laughs> you said that. Yes.
0: One- I, might, I might have said that. And like, and like I always say, you know, I don't want to insult you by calling what I was doing teaching. So I want to say I sponsored a biology class. You're, I'm sure you're teaching. And so, and, and, um, and you love it. It's your thing, huh? It is. When did you know that you wanted to be a teacher?
1: It's funny because I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher. My sister knew I wanted to be a teacher before I knew I wanted to be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) She was uh, an assistant principal and whenever she was short on people who were approved chaperones for field trips and stuff, she would call me in. I need somebody who I trust with these kids. So I would go and I would hang out with kids Mm -hmm. and I'd have a blast. And I had my degree in biology And I closed my restaurant. I owned two restaurants prior to being a teacher. And I was sitting here with my degree in biology trying to figure out what I was going to do. And she kept on pushing me. She's like, you're great with kids. You should be a teacher. You're great with kids. I'm like, nah, not for me. And I did it and I found my niche.
0: So we got to back it up here. How did you get into the restaurant? That is the great. Now, first of all, what kind of restaurants?
1: I've owned a barbecue restaurant and a small deli.
0: A barbecue now you're looking to you know, listen, you're talking to somebody that knows a little bit about smoking some meat, my friend. So, um, how did you get into the bar? Was, was this a family thing? Was you, did you come from a family of, rest, of restaurateurs? Or?
1: No, I paid for my college waitressing at a place called Charlie and Jake's Barbecue. Uh-huh. And I could either go on and get my master's degree or open a barbecue restaurant because that made sense to me.
0: Right. That's what you know. You're an expert in the field of barbecue. All right, and so uh, and so you're doing because um, and and uh, you're doing the restaurant thing, and you and you have a you have a barbecue restaurant, and you have a deli going on, and and what was it? What was it? Um, what was it? Really that uh, that sister of yours that uh, that kind of gave you that awakening, or was it something you kind of had in the back of your mind? Or
1: I had the restaurants, and I also had my daughter. My daughter was running around the restaurants growing up in the you know, in the restaurant life. And one time she was at the restaurant and she came running through the restaurant with her dirty diaper telling me she needed to be changed. And that's when I realized that maybe a single mom in a restaurant business was probably not an ideal situation. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I sold the two restaurants and figured I better do something else.
0: And so how does it work in Florida? Because you didn't have a teaching certificate at the time. Did you, how did you do that? Did you you guys have like an emergency certificate uh, situation?
1: They have the temporary certificates because my degree is in biology. My bachelor's degree is in biology. And then I did what's called alternative certification where I was put in the classroom. And then I figured out how to teach after the fact.
0: Right. (laughs) Which is kind of, I mean, you know, that's really what it comes down to anyway. You know, you can go to school and and do like the education major thing, but you really don't have a clue until you're there by yourself. And it's all about you and those kids. And you just kind of have to figure it out on the fly, you know.
1: It was the best situation, I think.
0: And did you love it from the get go?
1: I did. I loved it from the moment I stepped in my classroom.
0: Yeah. How did how did you how did how did you do your first year?
1: <laughs> it's a blur. I can't really recall.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I made it apparently. I'm yeah. still here.
0: We <laughs> we survived, right? Yeah, and so did that. Now, now, did you guys? Did you do it in that first school you were? You taught. um, Did you have any mentoring at all? Was there like a uh, like? Did they team you up with a with a veteran teacher? It kind of helped you along.
1: They did. I actually started teaching in Bavaria County, which is on the other coast, and they have a wonderful mentorship program. And I would go during planning period and sit in somebody else's classroom, and with a peer teacher. So I would observe a teacher with a teacher beside me, and I'd ask questions. Well, why did she do this? Or why did she do that? Or what's going on here? So um, that gave me a lot of lead into what I was supposed to be doing in a classroom.
0: Yeah. And, and when, let me ask you, when you were in school growing up, how, how did you do academically?
1: <laughs> this is not supposed to be a question. <laughs>
0: I'm curious. What was your, you, you, I mean, you obviously, okay. You you figured out how to get into college. So we have that as evidence of somewhat doing okay. But like, like, um, you know, junior high, high school, there's something there. What's, what's, what what, would happen? Tell me what happened there.
1: All right. Here's the story. I have dyslexia. I couldn't read until I was in the sixth grade. And, They actually, from fifth grade to sixth grade, I went to summer school Mm -hmm. and I had Mm -hmm. a teacher who worked one-on-one with me the entire summer to get me caught up with reading. And then I managed through middle school. We moved to North Carolina when I was in high school. And this was like eons ago before we had faxes and stuff like that. They actually had to send your transcripts.
0: By Pony Express, right? The, The guy on the horse brought it.
1: Correct. So I convinced them that I was an honors student instead of an ESE student, and they put me in honors classes. (laughs)
0: There you go.
1: And I did it. So they kept me in
0: there. All right. So you were, um, now I'm trying to think back. And this is when you were in elementary school, like in fourth and fifth grade, you're struggling with reading. And this is at the time where, you know, well, first, you know, there's that learning curve and some, you know, but but by about the third, fourth grade, you know, some kids, you know, there's that curve and some kids, you have that steep curve and they're there real fast in the first and second, other kids take a while, but by third and fourth, everybody, not everybody, but a lot, you know, the, you know, that 80% of percentile of the kid, a lot of it figured out, but there's other kids are way ahead. Some kids are still tr- struggling and you're one of the kids at this point, they're still struggling. Correct. It, in my school, when I was growing up, they called those the bluebirds. And I know, cause I was a bluebird. And so, and so you needed additional help. Now at that time, can you think back, did you know that you were behind the other kids in terms of uh, reading?
1: Yeah. I would get embarrassed because I couldn't read. I I honestly, when I say I couldn't read, I could not read because of the dyslexia. Um, and it was embarrassing when they would call on you because there, you know, you're reading these little books and they'd mm-hmm. call on you to read, and I would start sweating and feeling right. all uncomfortable in class. And, and I hated remember, it.
0: yeah, you know, I'm, I totally remember those moments. And what it is, it's, um, it's, it's not even just when you are about to read, it's, it's like it starts when, when they say, when you see it on the board that we're going to do the round robin today. And you think, holy shit. You know, and then, and then the books come out and, and the heart gets going. And it starts over here with stupid Melissa who can read like crazy. And she's reading the page and going fast. And she's reading words. And I can't, I'm lost. I can't even find myself on the page. I don't know, and I'm trying to find out what page we're on. And it just, it just spirals out of control. And so you were feeling those same emotions in class. Yep. And knowing that and I- your turn's coming any time now.
1: Or I hated when the teacher would say "follow along." You're like, "I'm trying, I'm trying to follow along."
0: <laughs> right. Back off, Lily. <laughs> and so, and and um and, and it affect. Now, how, how did it now now did it affect you uh, socially, or was it just academically?
1: Just academically.
0: So you, you. So all your friends, you're having a good time. You're just doing a little kid thing. Yep. And then you get to junior high, and in high school, and you move to to North Carolina. And is 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 that where you graduated from high school?
1: No, I actually got kicked out of my house at seventeen and moved back to Florida on my own.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the plot has just thickened. (laughs) All right, well, I'll take it settle. I'm going to take it from here. So you are going to high school, and Uh it's your what your junior year, and things aren't going well apparently right?
1: Well, it was my senior year. Okay. I got kicked out right before graduation.
0: Okay. <laughs> How timely. <laughs> and so, um, and your parents asked you, they, uh, right. They, they made the recommendation you leave the household. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Encouraged me, let's say.
0: Right. They, you were, you were, you were inspired and motivated to, to move. And what, and so, uh, where did you go?
1: I moved to Florida lied about my age maybe so i could get an apartment
0: possibly allegedly my- hmm. All right. this was
1: this was back in you know the 80s before they had the background checks on the internet and stuff right. <laughs> they just took your word yeah i'm 18 sure close enough um so got a job my sister lived in florida she actually helped me get down to florida mm-hmm. Managed to struggle to graduate high school because, of course, credits in North Carolina and credits in Florida don't really line up all that well. Right. So and struggled through that. Managed.
0: Yeah, up until that point, though, through junior high and high school, we did. We, we, I don't know what your family situation was like, but was it a supportive environment academically? No. So, was no, it, so, so you had a different thing going on.
1: I had, I had the. I saw my mother use drugs when I was a kid and moved in with my dad and my stepmother, who were very driven, but not very loving Mm -hmm. and had high expectations, but not a whole lot of support. So,
0: yeah. And um, so here's, here's what I have found. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my experience. I have found that, you know, a lot of educators in the classroom, you know what it is, that they, um, they've had that traditional house where maybe they've had, you know, um, uh, parents that have stayed together possibly and parents that have, um, a lot of educators have parents that have went to high school and college and graduated and they're successful. And a lot of educators um, were really good at school, really good. And it felt good because they were successful. You know, and, and they went to junior high and high school and it felt even better because now there's, you know, we we kind of rank them and we have, you know, GPA and they're at the top and that feels really good and they get the trophies and, you know, and so and then they just go to college because that's what they do in their family. You know, it's beyond an expectation and the same thing happens in college and because education felt so good and we're so good at it, they just become a teacher. And then they get into the classroom, but what I've found is some of those teachers, not all, but some really have a hard time relating to anybody with a different kind of reality. You know, anybody that struggles at anything for any reason, academically or even emotionally, when they come to the classroom with some baggage, you know, they don't they since they have never lived that and have no perception of what really goes on, then it's it's hard for them to relate, you know, and I and, and but but what I have seen also And, of course, I'm just generalizing. That's not all, you know, but but what I've seen a lot of great teachers, what I find is that they have some experience with with, with what their kids are going through today. And they know about, you know, homes that aren't, you know, beaver cleaver and then you know and they and they and they know about challenges and setbacks and and uh, you know academic challenges and it's because of those experiences that they know what that kid feels like and they can kind of see that in the eye and it's you know it's almost like this mirror looking back at them from what they felt like as a child and they, they
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> so i think i think that, that i think that might be who we're talking to today
1: yes I am that teacher. I can relate to the ESE kids. I can relate to the gifted honor students. I can relate to the parents who become their friends and party with them. And I can also relate to the extremely strict, irrational people that would be my dad and stepmom. Oh, by the way, I got kicked out for being late home. For each minute that I was late, I had one week's restriction. Uh-huh. So when you start rolling up into 15 minutes late, that's 15 <laughs> weeks restriction. That's like close to graduation.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so what's the point? <laughs> I was going, I was tempted to ask you what you were kicked out for. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But I'm glad you told us. So um, so they had some un uh, just unreasonable expectations, and it doesn't sound like they um, read any books on parenting or really. <laughs> they had um, all right. So so it was their way or the highway, and apparently you got on the highway and it took you to Florida. Correct. All right. So you show up there and you fake your way into an apartment and your sister's helping you out. You figure out how to get some credits transferred and you're the driving force behind this whole thing. You don't have any, any parental support at this point, as far as emotional or what to do or how to do it.
1: My sister was a huge driving force for me. She had already graduated college and She's my pal through this. If it were not for her, I don't know that I would be here. Yeah. But we're the first two to graduate from our family or graduate from college in our family. Um, that's our, if she was a guide for me, yeah. if it weren't for her, I probably would have been I don't know, still working at Winn Dixie as a cashier.
0: You know what And that, you know, that's the other thing is I found that a lot of teachers that um, are just so effective with some of our more challenging populations is they too had somebody in their life that, you know, um, helped and mentored them and, and, you know, and, and, you know, was that, 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 you know, the communicator of that message that I believe in you. And since you have that and you have that experience and you know how powerful that is when somebody believes in you, that it's so much easier to share that with your kids. You know, and and um, you know, and and other people just don't have. They've never had. They you know never needed that. You know, they've never struggled. They they never needed anybody who really supported them. So they just don't understand the power. Because you know it's you know it's hard to do better. You know until until you know better. You know you can't be what you're not. You just you just not you're just not that person yet. And so you you're doing great, and you um and you're figuring out this this high school. You man, you you manage to fake your way into an apartment and fake your way through graduation, and then how do you so and you go to college. And you pay for that whole thing,
1: correct? Every penny.
0: And um, by working, you're you're slinging you're slinging slabs of meat around, and uh, and and living in Florida. And is this is a good time for you or a bad time? Right now? No, back then.
1: Oh, I don't know. It depends on perspective. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I'm a teenager partying all the time. Right. But and you know looking back i didn't graduate college until 2000 right. i had like a, an extended college plan mm-hmm. um, i wish i would have done things a little bit differently but i did it and you know made my degree and got my master's degree and so we're good.
0: Yeah, you're good to go. And then, um, and then, and then the restaurants happen. They take off. You sell those, and you're in the classroom teaching. And what, what was there? Was there in the in that first year or two? What, what would you say is like the biggest surprise of all?
1: Ah, biggest surprise in the first couple of years is how much kids really need need support. I, how many kids were just like me that either have crazy and reasonable parents or parents that want to party with them. Yeah. And there's a lot of kids like me.
0: Sure. And so, and, um, and so you're there, you know, trying to deliver the content. You're, you're trying to put the knowledge into that noggin, but at the same time, you're realizing that one, one of the main things we have to do is support that kid emotionally because if we're going to deliver that stuff we, the, the kid has to be emotionally available to receive it. And and it was and it, and I think for most of us, you know, who teach in those kinds of schools with those kinds and they're everywhere. You know, they just look a little different from school to school, but you know, it is shocking. And um and did, did you know right away that you're a good teacher? Did you, did you did you have that figured out? I did. Yeah, so you knew it. You could just tell. You felt it.
1: The kids that needed it Mm -hmm. gravitated towards me and I didn't care what the rules at that school that I was teaching at, you know, the, Oh, don't hug your kids because you're a high school teacher. Well, darn it. They might still need a hug Uh (laughs) and fire me. If I hug a kid, I would never do anything inappropriate, but sometimes you just need that hug. Especially when your parents aren't giving it to you at home.
0: I believe it. And and you uh and and you are that teacher for those kids and like you're the teacher they want they come and visit during lunch and homeroom and hang out just because you're there and they'll, you'll listen and will they'll talk and you'll listen and um and and in those looking back if you could change anything in those first few years of teaching what would you change knowing what you know now I don't
1: think there's a whole lot I would change I from the moment. That they came into my classroom, oh wait, one thing I would change is probably know my content area better <laughs> when I first started because I was fumbling through those lesson plans. But other than that, the, you know, the, my real job is to educate and nurture children yeah. and teaching biology or earth space science is like a side gig for me.
0: Right, and and you know that I mean you know that's why that's why they remember all this stuff. You know, I mean you know you know I believe in that too. But you know, man, I'm old fashioned. Man, I, I'm I'm there to teach, and the kids are there to learn. That's it. But w- what I have found is once we can nurture them and love them and be the one that listens and hugs them and um and and believes in them and and proves it to them by but just this relentless spirit to do that. For some reason, whatever the reason, that's why they remember more content from your class than anybody else's.
1: Because
0: they can do anything for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Once, the, yeah, once they're on the team and in the family and they're committed to you and they see that you're committed to them, that's when some magical educational moments happen. And so you, uh, you decide to leave and you come over to McKeel Academy and, and the first thing that you notice, I mean, you knew what you were in for academically. There's a little bit of a difference there. But also you uh, realize about this, this family that they have in place there. Now, did you think... Um, and and now that you can look back on it a few years, is it something that was just that just happened, or do you think it's by design? Like somebody's really thinking through how we're going to create this culture in this school?
1: Um, I think it's by design, but like any good design, as long as it's still nurtured and, and fed and watered, it continues in that motion. Um, Harold Morady, our superintendent, the one who you know thought of the McKeel schools he started the family atmosphere. He loves his teachers. He loves his staff. And he starts that. He nurtures us. And so it's like that, you know, pay it forward type thing. If you pat me on the back because I've done a good job, then I'm going to pat somebody else on the back because I see them doing something good. And that's what we all do. We all stroke each other and say, oh, you did an amazing job. And we have an end of the month party oh, we'll call it a celebration
0: you guys say. you guys don't you guys don't need much of a reason to have parties over there <laughs> it's the end of the month we gonna have a party
1: we do e- each month we have a celebration not a party there you go and there might be food and we celebrate what's happening in our school and what people are doing and you know, when I got my master's degree everybody was so happy for me and applauded me and when I got married we get a gift basket and Applauds, and if you do something cool with your students, like Youth in Government went to state, they get applauded, and there's a lot of recognition and, and pats on the back, and it happens once a month. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's, it, that is such a huge thing, you know, because I think some people forget. I mean, look, man, we're not in this for the financial rewards. We are, we obviously, you know, we, we are, I mean, you drove a car until it died in the driveway. You know, we're, we're, we're here for, you know, it's that intrinsic emotional stuff. And sometimes we get them from kids and that's a great time, you know, and we get that letter the kid writes to you or the thing the kid says to you when they're graduating, you know, those moments are wonderful, but you know what? We can also create moments of, of reward like you guys do with simple acts of recognition and 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 some people say you mean just for the small stuff, and I'm like, what? What are you? Are you kidding? It's not small stuff. We're talking about changing people's lives here. Taking a group of kids, because I guarantee you on the kids, you know, that group of kids that went to state, there's possibly some kids at the high school. It's the first time they ever ordered off a menu.
1: Oh, I'm sure.
0: Again, yeah, get you know, get that, that is a that's a monumental shift, and that kid is on a whole new trajectory now. Because of, I mean, yeah, they learned a lot academically. They had a, ner- but just the fact that they've been to a restaurant now, and they've been out to eat, they have seen like this, this other part of the world. It, it is a monumental impact on the kid's life, and and you know, so when so when you know Harold has created this place, it, it is it is it is a place of um, uh, of celebration, yes, but really celebrating moments that uh, that that you know, you know what it is. It's that it's the it's the legacy of that kid. And like we talk about it, teaching a rock star, man, 10,000, right? It is every, every person on the planet has a direct impact on 10,000 lives. So did we change that kid's life? Yeah, of course we did. But it's a 10,000 lives. That kid is going to go on an impact because of being in your classroom. Right. Unbelievable. And so you, you, you've had a lot of success with teaching. Isn't that true? Kids come through your classroom. They learn. You have a good time. You're loving it.
1: Mm-hmm. I you, love
0: it. Yeah, you can tell by your smiling. I can always tell. So, so you're still you're still giddy about teaching. You think and you think about your kids at night. and You get up and you're ready to go. And you have we up days, good days, bad days. But when it, but at the end of the year, it's always a good year. Correct. All right. And so, what's next for you for the teaching thing? What do what do what do you think? Are you are you stay in the good. classroom, or are you going are you gonna do some administrative work, or? What's on your mind?
1: I have my master's in ed leadership, mm-hmm. but I won't leave McKeel because it's that amazing of a situation. Another thing that we do that's different than everybody else, we do crazy field trips. And what I mean by crazy field trips in December, December 10th through the 14th, I took ninth grade trips to ninth, ninth grade kids on a trip to New York City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just asking for trouble right there.
1: Amazing. We had kids that had never been on an airplane. We had kids that, you know, they would never know what the Statue of Liberty looked like. They'd never been on a ferry or a subway or uh, I don't know. It's these life changing events that are promoted at McKeel. So you ask me what I want to do. I want to be administrator. However, I don't want to leave McKeel. So unless somebody dies off or quits McKeel I'll
0: be a teacher and I love it so that's good not that you're putting a hit out on anybody right? We gotta get we gotta open up a spot here for Dana and so and and so don't talk to me about this field. this I'm not sure you mean it's beyond a field trip man I'm not sure what you would call it but this this uh the try it's travels so you guys travel to New York City now now how many kids did you take
1: We only took 26 with us on that trip, Mm -hmm. but another ninth grade trip we did is I took all of my students. I'm the ninth grade team leader, so all of my ninth grade students went on three-day trip to colleges. We went to local colleges, community college. We also went to uh, USF, UCF, to colleges that were within an hour and a half drive and let them see the colleges to determine you know, to kind of put the carrot out there. Hey, look, even though you might not have parents or family or friends that have ever gone to college, this is what a college campus is, and this is what you have to do to get to this college campus. Right. So, I mean, it's, and that's just ninth grade. Tenth grade goes somewhere else, and sixth grade goes on a trip. Each grade level goes on a big adventure trip, let's call it.
0: Yeah, it is. The seniors
1: go to the Keys. They go spend a week in Key West. (laughs) That's a trip. (laughs)
0: and so how do, how do you, now um how do you guys fund all this
1: um, we either do fundraisers mm-hmm. which offset the cost each child has a cost, obviously, and their parents can either pay for it or we can fundraise towards it
0: and so you guys provide them with all the opportunities they need to raise the money correct and so so do 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 you have any numbers in your head you know, like for a kid to go on a trip to New York city these twenty six kids that went there? What was it per kid? Like, what would you guess? It was $1,200. $1,200. I mean, that's not that bad if you think about, for, I mean, we're talking about New York City and the plane and the hotels and the food and all that. Correct. And oh, so and
1: Broadway shows.
0: and Included the, in there.
1: Correct. All the tours and everything we did. We went to the Twin Tower Memorial. We went to Broadway show. We went to NBC Studios. We, I mean, it was packed full.
0: Yeah. And so what, what types of fundraising opportunities do you guys do?
1: Well, this was a trip that was only because we can only take so many kids. They all paid cash up front for this one, so we didn't have to fundraise for that. Mm-hmm. For the field trip, the college tour trip, it was only ended up only being eight dollars a student to go. And if they couldn't cover it, I covered it. Right. Not I, I as the ninth grade team manager covered it.
0: Right, eight I mean, bucks. I could swing that. Yeah, nice. And so, uh, well, see. So here's the thing. And um, I don't know if you guys have AVID in in Florida or at McKeel. And it's a program. uh, AVID is it's advancement via individual determination is what it stands for. And it's the same thing where we take kids that might not normally. Um, go to college or they just might not come from a family where that is talked about and consistently supported academically and also emotionally. And what we do is we immerse them starting in junior high, immerse them in this idea of you're going to college. And that's what we do. And so we get them tutors. We put them in honors classes. We don't ask them if they want to. We just put them in there and we get them tutors. And then we, what we do is we take these college trips. And what my data had shown me when I, when I was you know, part of this program is that, interestingly enough, the, it was like, I mean, like 90% went to college and 90% of that 90% went to the, either the first or the second school that we took them to. And so it's like these kids, once they show up on the campus, they can just like, oh my God, this is what I'm doing. You know, and you can see it in their life. You know, right now everything has changed and the whole goal structure, you know, it has gone from, eh, I don't even know what college is really, to this is what I'm doing. And it's because like in their minds, they can put themselves in that picture now.
1: That was the whole reason I took the ninth graders there. I thought that was before they tank their grades, before, because now it's so competitive to get into college. Sure. You have to have over a 4.0 to even be looked at at some of the colleges. Yep. And so when I get them in ninth grade, if they are unaware of these expectations and requirements to get into this, you know, place called college, and they don't even know what it is, I figured if we get them on campus, then they look around and we spent the day there. We had lunch there. We went and toured it and they went to the registrar's office and we learned what the requirements were for that specific college and now we have some of the lowest 25 percent of our students going oh that's cool I'm going to USF or UCF And, and they're vocalizing it which is really cool because if they can say it then at least we're pushing them into the right direction.
0: Yeah. You know, I think so, so, so many times we get caught up because we know what college is, you know, we've been and we say, well, you need to go to college. But that, that concept, there's no picture for that in this kid's mind. You know, they, they can't, they don't even know. It's just like this theory, you know, it's like saying you need to go to a cloud. What well, you know? What, what what the hell? You know they don't even know what that means. And so, but but when you actually take them there, and now they can they see these kids walking around, and they're wearing shorts, and they got backpacks, and there's freedom, and there's a cafe, and look at this guy and that guy. Oh man, they got a pool, and this is where I'm going to work. They get they get they start making. This is where I'm I'm going to work out over here, and this is where I'm going to eat my lunch over here. Oh, and I want to stay in that dorm. That changes everything because now it gives them a context in which they can put themselves in, and they can talk about it like on a concrete level. They can And, you know, they've been there in that. They've had that experience and they want some more of it. So that alone right there, I mean, and and talk about an $8 life changer. Right. Crazy, crazy. And I guarantee you that that just because of that trip, there are kids that um, will will absolutely go to college that in the past might have talked about it, but just never shown up because it just didn't make sense. Right. It was just an abstract thing.
1: Right. They didn't see it. And you know, that's one of those things you have to be able to visualize yourself there doing it. Like you said, you can't just go, Hey, I'm going to college
0: right exactly and you know people you know, I, you know people when uh, you know they, you know I, I get constructive feedback a lot and what people say is you know that some things I don't like or that I talk about is creating these moments of success and I'll, and I'll manipulate moments of success for kids in my classroom because I just want them to feel I want them to remember what that feels like and like you know from the teaching a Rockstar thing we all cheered for somebody and, and we demonstrated what that feels like when we cheer for somebody we give them recognition and they get all giggly and smile well, they didn't even do it anything. The whole thing was like manipulated and created. But the whole point is, you know, we want to create moments of that in our classroom where kids can feel it and they can see themselves being successful and they're reminded what that feels like from the last time they were successful. It might have been second grade at the spelling bee or something, you know. And and so, and and, and what you're doing now with your kids at the in, in ninth grade is just taking it to a whole new level where it's not just maybe a grade or a moment in the classroom. You're actually immersing them on a college campus and putting them in their future life. You know, it's yeah. like walking around in your future. Such an awesome thing. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, and, uh, now, now here's, here's, here's what I want to know if it, now thinking about what you do as a teacher in your classroom with your kids, tell us is what do you think that you today as an educator, what are you really good at? Cause every, everybody, every teacher is really good at something. What's your what would you say is is one of your big strengths in the classroom?
1: Making it fun.
0: Yeah. How do you do that?
1: I have fun, they have fun as long as I'm having fun, they're usually having fun.
0: Isn't it interesting how that works? Like if you just take care of you and like you and you just worry about you having fun, then it just really kind of takes care of everybody else. Isn't that true?
1: It's true.
0: Yeah. And and on the flip side of that is um because we're we're all we're all you know I don't know I, mean, I think all we're all trying to improve, and we're all trying to get a little bit better. And so, what's something in your teaching that you are um, thinking about? You know, maybe you know, maybe you can focus on and uh, do a little bit of a better job at. What would, what would you say that is?
1: Um, probably accurately grading my assessments.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, because now with the Common Core, sure. I, I teach my kids. I know they know the material. But we're assessments because I've done a lot of project-based learning. Mm-hmm. And I can go, okay, Johnny knows this. Sally knows this. They showed me because they created this wonderful masterpiece. But unfortunately, that's not how they're being assessed at the state level. So I need to still give those hands-on projects that are going to drive them to the answers that they need for state assessments, which I do, but I need to actually create those assessments for them to take in class for more practice. Yeah. So that would be my issue.
0: So, so at your charter school, the, really, the, the, the you guys have some flexibility in funding. But when it comes to state testing, you're still right there in the trenches with the, with everybody else. Correct. And so you have flexibility in funding, and also I, I think, in, especially in in McKeel, I know you guys have some flexibility that other schools and districts schools don't provide in terms of how you deliver your content. You can be a little bit more creative with some different projects and you talked about your trips, but when it comes down to it at the end of the year, at the end of the course, you, your kids have to perform on the standardized test.
1: Correct. And so far we've been doing it. We have the highest, McKeel has the highest scores in Polk County, the total overall scores for FCAT. My my EOC and the EOC and of course biology exam, Mm -hmm. McKeel had the highest scores in the county for that. So what we're doing is working. However, now they want that paper trail thing that I'm not good at.
0: Uh-uh. No, I, I tell you what, man. You just keep your scores where they are. They're gonna, they're gonna, they'll, they'll, they'll forgive you for the paper trail thing. So, so let me ask you this: um, at McKeel, because I don't know this, I don't, you know, I, I'm not there every day. I just know what I saw at the beginning of the year, and I hate the worst part about hanging out with you guys was leaving. And um, if I knew what was going on, I would have restructured my whole trip. I would have stayed there for a couple of days. And so, um, how much did you guys talk about? scores and testing, I mean, is that like hammered home every day from the leadership there? Is it, is it just, or is it just, I mean, you know, because you know, I didn't hear anything about scores or testing or not one word.
1: No, I mean, the scores, the reason that it's a topic right now is because the state grades just came out. Right. So of course they let us know where we were with state grade. They let us know where they're proud of us, room for improvement, the things that we need to focus on. And then requirements and things that they would like for us to address between now and next year Mm -hmm. and as long as we are doing our thing in the classroom and the kids produce it on the state test, like you said, we have a lot of leeway and there's not really I mean, obviously we know that the score and the grades are what we're shooting for and making sure that we're obtaining them but it's not like Every day they 're in our classroom going, "Oh, what are you doing with this kid? What are you doing with this kid and why isn 't this twenty five percent kid doing this and they back us on what we 're doing
0: right and you know what what, I, what what you know in terms of score, I, I always refer to that as the um You know, my buddy Steve calls it, he calls it the be, have, do. And people get that mixed up. And you guys have it figured out, obviously. But for a lot of school systems, what they do is, is, you know, they think about what they, they focus on what they want to do, which is, which make, you know, have these excellent scores. Because if we have excellent scores, we can, once we do that, we can have all this recognition. And when we have that, we can be this school that everybody wants to be a part of it. But what you guys have figured out, it's, you know, it's not a do, have, be, it's a be, have. Do we're gonna be a great school? We're, we're, we're gonna be teachers that love kids and care about kids, and because of that, we're gonna have all this reckon and, and you know, and then and then it, then it gets to the score on the very. Fo- so you guys are always talking about who are we gonna be, which results in amazing scores instead of focusing on amazing scores, which people think is gonna result in who they want to be. Correct. And again, man, you know, I've always found it's a leadership thing, and the, and you're right. You know, once that's in place, it um it's you just kind of foster it and nurture it. Water it, give it a little sunlight, and hug once in a while, and you're good to go.
1: And a few claps.
0: Yeah, and some applause along the way. Absolutely. Hey, wait, real quick, what's your uh, you uh, when when you what's your uh, schedule like there at the school?
1: Our school schedule. Your
0: your personal teaching schedule.
1: <laughs> I am the first one here every morning at six thirty in the morning.
0: Ouch. that oh, it's not bad. All right.
1: And then I usually, well, it depends on if I have, quote, faux administrative duties um, when I'm covering a game or so. Mm -hmm. I can leave at 9 o'clock at night. Most days I leave probably about 4.30.
0: When you say faux administrative duties, are you uh, doing like an intern thing?
1: Well, I've done, I finished my internship. Uh However, now that they know that I'm capable and qualified of covering games and stuff, (laughs) I'm on that list forever i'm sure right oh, we need somebody to go be an administrator for this game
0: lucky oh. you you're in
1: we'll do it
0: <laughs> except for tonight because you're getting a new car baby that's correct yeah all right well listen man i had a great time man can you believe it's an hour flew by can you believe that oh my i know how cool is that it's pretty hey. cool Listen, I want to thank you, uh, first of all, for for a couple of things. One is, uh, of course, being such an awesome awesome educator and um, all that you do for kids and, and now that I know you even more not just in your classroom but taking these kids on travel adventures and putting themselves actually in their future life and letting them see, what, see them feel what that's about it's just an amazing thing and also I want to thank you for all that because you because remember you're taking full responsibility for all that McKeel is and it's all because of you that we have this place in our nation uh, located in Florida where, where lives are being being changed and, and kids are doing amazing things. And there's a group of extraordinary educators and, and, and educational leaders that um, love kids and love being a part of their lives and, um, and, and all that goes into it. So thank you for all of that, Dana Davey. Thank you. And also thanks for your story, man. I think it's important. You know, it's, um, it, it's, uh, it's great when somebody could share that, you know what, they didn't have that ideal uh, childhood and experience that we all kind of think that teachers do.
1: Made me who I am.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show today. We appreciate you. Thank you. And have an amazing school year. Tell everybody I said hello.
1: I will tell everybody you said hello.
0: Awesome. Take care. I'll see you later, alrighty. Alright, see uh-huh. ya. Bye-bye.